Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 you know sadly for many christianity is one day a week when they find themselves inside of a quote-unquote church but you see god's word has something different for us it's a practical faith that we live out 24 7 especially at work we'll talk about that today on abounding grace To be sure, there are those who will use work as nothing more than a platform or pulpit for sharing the gospel, thinking it'll be another notch on their belt. And there are times and places where we are to share the gospel. But we're also called to give our employers 100% to the glory of God. And that doesn't mean taking time from his work schedule to be about the Lord's business. Because as we'll see today, being about the Lord's business is giving our employers our very best. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner in Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through chapter 4 and verse 1. With our series, Practical Faith, it's a Christian's calling and his work. Here's Gary. Well, this week, we're going to begin looking at a Christian's calling and his work. Since I don't suppose... Any of us in this room own slaves, and I don't suppose any of us here are slaves, except possibly to the IRS. How do these verses then apply to us? Because in this original context, as we saw last week, they are addressed to slaves and slave masters. So how do they relate to us in an honest way? rather than trying to impose our own views upon them. Well, they relate to our vocations and our work in this life. These verses govern those who work for other people as well as those who people work for. They have to do with employees and employers. They have to do with husbands assigning work in the family. They have to do with parents assigning work to their children. They have to do with employees assigning work to employers assigning work to employees. They have to do even with school teachers assigning work to students. These verses apply to everyone who works for someone else and for those who have people who work for them. One of the most frequent designations for a believer in Jesus in the New Testament is the word called. We are designated the called ones, the ones God has called out of darkness into his glorious light, who has called us to himself, who has called us to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the very word church in Greek has the word call in it. The Greek word is ekklesia. 
Ek, you see above doors in many buildings, meaning exit or out. Kaleo, to call, the called out ones. So the very name of the church identifies you as someone who has heard the call of God in his word, which ears, of course, cannot hear, but which only the heart can hear. And that call has changed everything about you. That call has made you a Christian, and it describes everything about your life. (coughs) And when God calls us out of the darkness of sin into the light of his presence and his kingdom, within that call, he gives us other callings. We use the word vocations. That is the Latin word for call. Being called of God. And he gives us other callings that suit the spiritual gifts and the various talents that he gives each one of us to enable us to be useful and productive in Christ's kingdom. And we have seen in Colossians 3 and 4, Paul referred to several of these callings. There is the calling of the Christian into the church, as we just saw witnessed. The calling of a minister into uh, the pulpit. The calling of a husband and of a wife, a parent, a child. And now the calling of slaves and masters. Or the calling of labor and management, of employer and employee, or a worker and a foreman. And the biblical doctrine of calling and place helps us to understand the biblical doctrine of work and the relationship involved in that work that we do every day of our lives. If we are to understand properly the verses addressed to slaves and masters, so they're not just some ethical mores that we try and force upon people, but to see them in their true context, there are a couple things we have to understand. And that is that, first, you are created in God's image. And you are made to reflect God in your life. And the first thing we ever read about God is that he is a worker. He works. He loves to work. And you are never more like God than when you are involved in hard, meaningful, significant work. Work is not a result of the fall. From the very beginning of creation, man and woman are to work to the glory of God. And in so doing, they image God himself who was the great worker in creation and redemption. So when we talk about your duties as workers, see it as part of your created place in life. The second thing to understand is what happens to us and how our perspective is changed when God calls us to follow Christ. And I think one of the clearest passages in all the Bible on that subject is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So if you don't mind, please turn there and let's learn the lessons of that section of Scripture so that we can properly understand 
this text here in Colossians in its social and spiritual context. Now, this is, this is going to tell us about our callings and how our perspective changes once God redeems us. So if you would turn to chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and we will read verses 17 through 24 and then 29 through 31. Chapter 7, verse 17. Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches... Was any man called when he was already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not worry about it. But if you are able also to become free, rather do that. For he who was called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, each one is to remain with God in that condition in which he was called. Now verse 29. But this I say, brethren... The time has been shortened so that from now on those who have wives should be as those that had none and those who weep as those they did as as though they did not weep and those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice and those who buy as though they did not possess and those who use the world as those that did not make full use of it for the form of this world is passing away. Now, let's see what we can learn from this passage about our callings. Let's look at verses 29 through 31 first. There are a number of difficult things in these passages, but I'm not going to take the time to explain what Paul is exhorting the church of Christ to do here. But I want you to notice this, that because of Christ's calling of us, We have a totally different relationship to time in this present age and in this present world. The determining factor in all of our decision-making is not temporal things. It is not the effect that takes place in this world and its demands, but the determining factor is eternity. So we are free from the control of this world, from the dominating powers of those things that dictate the existence of other people, filling them with worry and fear and anxiety and stress and tension. Now, in Jesus Christ, we have things in the right perspective. So we value people and other things properly. So that we don't overestimate or underestimate the value of relationships in this life. If you don't keep eternity in view, relationships will be messy and most probably fall apart. And if you remember, that is how chapter 3 of Colossians began. 
So turn, if you would, back there to Colossians 1, verses 1 through 3. Colossians 1, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It is only as you keep eternity in mind, and you don't become a slave in this life, that you are able to give relationships in your calling and every other aspect in life their proper value. That if the primary concern of your life is this life, then you will have the tendency of overestimating relationships and have idolatrous relationships with other people in your life. Or you are going to underestimate relationships and not fully appreciate the significance of husband and wife, parent and child, slave and master, employer and employee, etc., etc. That's because Christ has changed us, beloved. We have a whole new way of looking at things. And our ultimate horizon is not this world, it is eternity. You know, this reminds me of a, a, bunch of, a bunch of baby chicks that all day long, you know, keep their heads down, pecking for corn and bugs and other little things. And the farmer, he, he catches a baby eagle, and he puts that eagle in the pen with those chicks. That eagle grew up with these baby chickens. And all the eagle did, of course, as he grew up, was peck around on the ground like a baby chick, not knowing that at any time he could raise his mighty wings and soar into the sky. Well, I think that is a great picture of the way most people live just pecking the ground like a baby chick. That is the limit of their horizon. Bugs on the ground. Not knowing as Christians we can soar as we keep eternity in view. That everything has its proper place and its proper value for us. Now let's look at the earlier verses there in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. To see why we are supposed to understand our callings and the impact that being, that being a Christian makes on those callings. Look at verse 17. Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called to each one, in this manner let him walk, and thus I direct to all of the churches. This is a very obvious, simple point. Our calling in life is our assignment from God. God gives assignments to those whom he calls. And the result of being called by God is that we recognize that our lives are not a matter of chance, but a matter of God's providence. The work that you have, regardless of the ingredients that went into it, 
to get you into that particular job. You're not doing the work that you are doing by chance. It is because a sovereign God in his providence has set you in that place. And that is your assignment. You didn't marry the person you married by accident. You didn't have the child that you have or the parents that you have by accident. It was God's providence that put you in all of those relationships. They are all your assignments. And you are accountable before Almighty God to do these assignments well. Here's a quote of a couple of paragraphs by John Calvin on this subject. It's a great quote, but you need to listen carefully. He says, For the Lord knows what great restlessness human nature flames, with what fickleness it is from hither and thither, how its ambition leaps to embrace various things at once. Therefore, let us be at work, lest through our stupidity and rashness everything be turned topsy-turvy. God has appointed duties, assignments for every man in his particular way of life, and that no one may thoughtlessly transgress his limits. He has named these various kinds of living callings. Therefore, each individual has his own kind of living assigned to him by the Lord as a sort of a sentry post, so that he may not needlessly wander about through life. Accordingly, your life will then be but ordered when it is directed toward this goal. For no one impelled by his own rashness will attempt more than his calling will permit, because he will know that it is not lawful to exceed its bounds. A man of obscure station will lead a private life ungrudgingly so as not to leave the rank in which he has been placed by God. Again, it will be no slight relief for cares, labor, troubles, and other burdens for a man to know that God is his guide in all these things. The magistrate will discharge his functions more unwillingly, or I'm sorry, more willingly. The head of the household will confine himself to his duty. Each man will bear and swallow the discomforts, vexations, weariness, and anxieties in his way of life when he has been persuaded that his burden has been laid upon him by God. From this will arise also singular consolation that no task will be so sorted and based, provided you obey your calling in it, that it will shine and be reckoned very precious in God's sight. Unquote. Can you imagine how different life would be if every one of us saw where we are, what we are doing, who we are living with, all of the relationships in this life as assignments, not just that happen to fall into our lives, but were deliberately 
self-consciously and wisely placed in our lives by a loving God. Our callings are our assignments from God, beloved. Now look at verse 18. Was any man called according to circumcised? According to circumcision, let him not become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. In other words, our calling gives us social station. There are two things that define us according to God's word. The first two things that God said about man and woman is that they are made in his image and they are given the task of dominion. Image and dominion are the two things that define each and every one of us. Your work and your character, and they give you a place and station in your life. Once you have entered your calling, you must not then rashly withdraw from it because of external circumstances. I don't like my boss. I'm not getting paid as much as I want to get paid. Beloved, don't let external circumstances cause you to make precipitous, quick decisions to leave your callings where God has assigned you. Our callings give us a sense of social station that makes the priorities and distinctions of the world irrelevant and obsolete. I say this to you young men. As you are looking for your calling in life. If your primary concern. Is how much money. That you're going to get. You're going to miss out. The very first thing should be. What is my calling? What is that set of gifts and talents. That God has given me? What is the assignment. That I may be best suited for. To be most effective in the kingdom of heaven. And then you go out and you get it. And then how much you make shouldn't be that big of a concern. For scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. You say, well, if I think like that. I may not even have all the other things that everybody else and all of my buddies and my associates have. So what? The greatest thing in all of life is not having all kinds of wealth and things. I know wealthy people who have committed suicide or are on tranquilizers. And I'm sure most of you do as well. The greatest satisfaction in life is being faithful in your assignment and doing what God has told you to do and you don't worry about how little or how much you make in the process. Look at verse 19. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. Period. How can anyone... Make a mistake on that. How in the world can you get the idea that once you become a Christian, you don't have to be concerned with the commandments of God? All you have to do is just lay back and let the Holy Spirit lead you. 
So what can you get out of a verse like this? It is simple. The most important thing about life, the reason you work hard, the reason you carry out your assignment is because you want to live in obedience to God's demands and not to the demands of the society in which you live. That is all that matters to the Christian. All these other things are just frills and extras. What is it that the Christian loves above all else? It is to obey the commandments of his Lord and Savior. This is the important thing. Why is he a hard worker? He is obeying God. Why does he see his life in assignment and is more concerned about his calling in life and what God wants him to do with his life rather than what would give him the most money and the most prestige and the most ease and affluence? It is because he wants to obey the commandments of God above everything else. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Amen.